Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Imperfect Podcast. I'm Kathy. And I'm Kennedy. Join us on this week's episode as we discuss intriguing topics and people of interest that will inspire us to explore all of the unique pieces of ourselves. We are all imperfectly perfect. We're We're glad glad you're here. here. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Imperfect Podcast. It's strange to think that while most of us are out here existing and trying our very best, that some people would be interested and invested enough to harm, intimidate, or coerce people around them, either for personal gain or to make others look bad. It's interesting how definitely in grade school there is so much awareness posters and everything everywhere and advocacy for putting a stop to bullying and then throughout our adult life it is almost never revisited yeah I think it's fair to say that we experience our own form of bullying um, even up until our adult lives it's not just something that happens in school I'm sure as all of you have noticed I don't think I've ever spoken to someone uh, that hasn't experienced it either, you know, when they were a child or when they were an adult or both, or maybe still currently. Mm. So today we'd like to look at bullying, um, specifically from when we were younger and versus experiencing forms of bullying, even in our adult lives. Yeah. Bullying in grade school was almost always known as an issue or a lesson to be learned. I guess it kind of makes sense because you're in school to learn. So you uh, touch on the, that subject a lot. And when we're growing and dealing with our own bodies and how they're constantly changing, you know, things are pretty awkward. And, you know, that's a challenging time in, uh, in everybody's life. So there's also a time where we struggle to express ourselves properly. And, you know, we're looking for validation from others. So, Sometimes a bully might try to get in on top of the food chain, you know, where if if they're feeling a little bit oppressed or awkward with uh, where they stand socially, uh, often you can see that. Yeah, well, and that seems to be the, the drive for a bully, right? Like, how can I get myself to the top? I'm in position five right now. How can I get to number one? It's funny, though, you look back at yourself, and I'm sure other people can relate. And I look back at, you know, my grade five or my grade six photos, and I kind of laugh it off and go, oh, geez, I could have bullied myself, that's for sure. <laughs> like, yeah. who put those glasses on me? And who said a, a bowl cut was a great idea? I don't know. But uh, yeah, um, we both had to question though so I remember specifically mom bringing this up to me when I was in I think high school uh because I was in this uh committee myself does creating groups like the anti-bullying committee to bring awareness to the issue in grade school really eliminate any damage from actually being done um I remember being in these groups like I said and um I don't know that much was even achieved other than just being the known advocates for anti-bullying. Uh, so we got to make lots of cool posters, I guess, and wear the pink shirts on pink shirt day. And there are great meetings to a lot of um, things like that, but it was just kind of like 
mom looked at me and she said, so what do you guys do at the anti-bullying committee? And I remember at that age, not having an answer for her. I, well, we make posters and we're the advocates for anti-bullying. And to be and quite you, honest, had groups, you had guest speakers come in. I mean, I dropped off at a lot of those things. I'd like to think. Yeah. Of. Yeah. Well, I did go to a lot of um, things, you know, a bunch of schools get together and okay, how are we going to narrow in on anti-bullying and what are we going to do to make a change? But it's funny. Like, I don't, I don't quite remember doing a whole lot, but I guess the big question was at that time, like, is bringing attention to anti-bullying, like bringing attention to the problem really going to solve the problem? Mm -hmm. I think they tried to give you some hands-on stuff that you could take back to the school, but it's such a big problem. And we found even through researching, you know, okay, let's handle this topic this week or whatever, and let's look into it. And it seems to be something that's consistent throughout life. So um, in some of our research, we found uh, an author and speaker, Brooks Gibbs, uh, suggests that there's always existing conflict because we're individuals and we all have our own thought processes, opinions, and interests it would be naive to assume that with so many unique people and personalities that nobody's going to butt any heads. And the common denominator here is that bullies, no matter the age, um, when they feel threatened and needing to make themselves look larger or undefeatable, undefeatable, um, that's, that's what actually entices the bullying, I guess. So it's like a win-lose game and the bully's always trying to to win and make the victim look bad yeah exactly and I just think of there's many different dynamics so even just to think about you know me growing up and mom telling me to do whatever in the house it's this is just a small example but I try to talk down to her to tell her why I shouldn't be doing certain things to make myself look higher than her even though I know that she's the boss in the house but but (laughs) well we had a bit of a chat tonight and I was like I don't live here anymore you don't have to tell me what to do so but it's in every dynamic of life there's this okay there's this little teasing but there's also bullying and like this push and pull of like who's the boss in this dynamic and for me I mean when I thinking back to when I was young I don't recall being bullied a whole lot It was more junior high, and um, that seemed to be the worst of it for me uh, in school years anyway. And it was the girl thing, right? The frenemies and and the locks and girls are, (laughs) it's a whole different language, right? So you don't even have to say any words or, or pull out the fists or that sort of thing. Well, there's, people will find anything to bully Mm -hmm. Uh, anything to make you look inferior you know I always had glasses growing up I've heard the four eyes plenty of times I remember even uh, specifically being bullied because I had not developed as quickly as other girls in my grade and you know that monthly visitor that every girl has and being bullied because I hadn't gotten mine yet well what kind of a joke was that? Because <laughs> who really looks forward to that day to come? Well, I did. I'll tell you that much because I was anticipating everyone else had it and I didn't have it yet. And once you get it, it's like, well, this blows, but people will find anything to make you look bad. I remember being bullied for the food I ate. I ate too healthy in school. Right. So pick something. I Yeah, it, it's 
too fat, too skinny, too tall, too short, too, yeah, glasses, yeah. no glasses. And then suddenly between the time I was in school and when you and uh, my other daughter were or are in school, um, braces became trendy and so yeah. did glasses. And so then if you didn't have them, yeah. that meant that, you know, you could get ostracized or, but when I went to school, it was like, that's the stuff. That's want. not so, what you want to do. Yeah. Bizarre how things can change. Like and, that. and that's a whole other topic of fashion and what's in, well, what was in when I was in school versus what was in when you were in school and my sister, you know, what's in now, if I walked in with, you know, eighties clothes on, I'd be looked at funny, but that was anyway, lots of things. But the bottom line is, is that it's a win-lose game. So the bully is always trying to win by making the victim look bad. So pick something. It's an imbalance of power. So somebody is always trying to be better than somebody else. Yeah. And, you know, what I used with you also, when you're a victim of uh, bullying, you can learn to make a point of not getting upset and that makes it the act less exciting for the bully and it's uh there's an actual really cool demonstration by brooks gibbs that shows how when one is bullying someone and all the negative comments they say about the victim get validated by the victim being noticeably upset that in that case the bully wins but on the flip side when the victim acknowledges uh, bully's comments or starts to uh, compliment the bully the bully has nothing to gain from that he doesn't win anything and he slowly, slowly starts to shut down and leave the victim alone and mm. you know I think of my mom even growing up with my brother you know in the 70s and and my mom would, you know go, mom he's bugging me again and <laughs> But you just, if you'd stop making such a big deal about it, like pretend like it doesn't bother you. Well, it does bother me. Well, no, but I didn't understand what she was saying, but if he couldn't get a rise out of me, then it would become no fun for him. And that carried through to when I was going through school. Um, I, anyone who knows me personally, I have larger ears than most. And I actually in grade eight had gotten a, a surgery done to have my ears um, formed and pulled back. Anyways, I used to get bullied quite bad in school for the size of my ears, because when you're looking to find someone, something to bully someone about, well, these ears stick out, obviously they're going to pick that. Um, and I remember coming home from school and telling mom about this and there was one specific person that just would not let it go. And mom said, well, you got to make it not bother you or better yet, make it a joke, accept it yourself. So then they have nothing to bother you about. So we had come up with the idea. And so the next day or whenever it was, when I went back to school and they decided, oh, well, here's my daily going to pick on Kennedy for her big ears. Uh, they said, oh, Kennedy, your ears are so big or whatever. And I turned and looked at them and I went, what? <laughs> As if I couldn't hear them. So, and that was, and mom, great advice. <laughs> that was the last time they did it to me. Right. Because in that case, you know, they didn't get the payoff they were looking for. The bully loses and who wants to constantly pay play a game where they're losing. And right. In that case, it really, it, it came through for you because it wasn't fun anymore for the bully, you know, no. but 
they ended up look like, looking like an idiot because all the kids were laughing with you as opposed to at you, right? Right. Great joke, Kennedy. Ha, ha, ha. And then they look like an idiot. And right. yeah, wait, you were making fun of her. That's not cool. Suddenly the dynamic changed. Yeah. Um, so although the technique works well in so although this technique works well in like a grade school setting, um, when one becomes an adult, we still have to sometimes manage people who may be demeaning towards us. And this technique may not always work as effortlessly as it would in a grade school setting. Uh so it's still working though it's worth it it would it would well of course it's just less of a in school you're with the same people every day you can see it coming but maybe work dynamic dynamic so yeah maybe you're right but Mm -hmm. often rumors and people talking behind your back cannot be handled in a single conversation because it is repeated it's a repeated effort by the aggressor so um, I guess the work dynamic would be like a, that, but I guess what we're getting at here is you kind of mature in bullying tactics. And now we talk behind people's backs and we don't just tell them flat out and we start rumors about them and things like that. My girl's got that covered. <laughs> What's that? My girl's got that covered. <laughs> but yeah, we improved. So, right, right. And as adults, like even in the workplace and that sort of thing, like, I think it just becomes maybe a different form right? than it took in high school, you know, because you have, you have to navigate the, all the, the inner office or, or uh, work situation, because I mean, if you risk, you know, uh, losing your job over it, that, that's kind of serious. So you almost have to become a little more sneaky, I would think. Right. So we become more strategic, I guess. And even more so now that things have um, evolved over time. Now we have this wonderful thing called social media that kind of takes bullying to a whole other level. Um, so there's no specific break from the bullying now. So whether you're talking in grade school, you know, you're coming home on the bus and you get home and okay, finally I can just rest in peace, but no, we have phones now, or you get home from work as an adult environment and okay, now I can just relax. Well, you go on social media and there you are again. So bullying doesn't just stop at school or work anymore. Yeah. And I I think the other thing with social media, like, it has great purposes, but if you were meaning to bully someone, you can do that with a keystroke and hit, I don't know, hundreds, thousands of people. Right. And then, you know, it becomes so overwhelming for the person who is actually the victim. You know, all my friends saw that or all my workmates saw that or, yeah. I guess I was just going to say, I guess the first form of social media in a sense was, I remember you telling me that it became common when you were growing up that you know, people would call so-and-so and get them to say something bad about somebody else. And they'd be on the other line listening, going, I can't believe they just said, why, why would you say that about me? And they don't know that they're on the other line. That's kind of maybe the intro of social media. Yeah. Yeah. The, the beginnings of, and I can remember taking part in some of those conversations. Oh, of course. Yeah. Most families, you know, had the two, the two lines in the house. So yeah. we up to the parents bedroom get on the phone and call the third person who wasn't at the party or whatever and say you know after you're a little bit in you might say yeah I was talking to so-and-so but 
they did something that really bugged me. Oh, really? Why? What happened? I don't really think I like her anymore. What do you think of her? And you try to entice the other one to like yeah. say mean things about your friend that was there with you listening on the other law. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're on the other line going, all right, action. Here we go. What do you actually think of me? Now we just have speakerphone on our cell phones and <laughs> just the whole room hears it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can remember doing that, I guess. Yes, that's definitely a form of bullying. <laughs> bullying. We didn't look at it that way then. Oh, of course not. Oh, well, we're just trying to fish. And I was also on the receiving end of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, according to betterhelp.com, bullies tend to have certain categories that they fall under. And as mom and I are going through these, we kind of notice that a lot of these categories are interchangeable. Um, and in our experience, someone could easily be one, a couple, or a mix of all of them. Mm -hmm. So they don't discriminate because <laughs> we were going through and it's like, well, they're not specific. Like they're not independent pieces. Some people are all of them or little bits and pieces. So um, the categories are uh, narcissistic bullies. So these are people that are so self-involved and they lack empathy and have no fear of repercussions. So they feel like they're always above everyone else. Um, they tend to struggle with their own self-esteem. So this is why they would tend to denigrate other people. Uh, they also feel a desire to send the loud and clear message that they are powerful or unbreakable. So, yeah, I, and even me saying that I'm kind of like lifting my body. It's kind of this like puff the chest moment sort of thing, right? It's funny you mentioned that because I was just sitting here while you were, you know, saying your piece and, and I realized that I was sitting here like this and <laughs> why am I doing that? Like, that looks dumb for one. Okay. <laughs> and then I, for a half a second thought in my head, is it because I'm feeling, you know, here I am vulnerable. Am I trying to like, you know, be make yourself look bigger, right? A little, well, I don't need any help making myself look <laughs> And popping the chest <laughs> yes for lack of a better term yes <laughs> yeah so but yeah it's very true and even as I'm reading it it's you my body started to do this I'm like what am I doing but yeah uh, then there's impulsive bullies so these are the people who tend to bu uh, bully sporadically and it can especially present itself when you're under a lot of stress and although this wouldn't necessarily be a planned or premeditated situation it still isn't an excuse to make others feel awful. And you had shared earlier with me sometimes when you get stressed out. And yeah. I, get, I guess I can see myself there too, you know, when things aren't going right and someone's in your way and you can, uh, it, it's so much more uh, likely that to, to uh, lash out like that. Yeah, it is like, it's a perfect name, impulsive. Like mm -hmm. it's kind of this, for me, it's when I'm stressed. Mm -hmm. I'm running around I can't and somebody's standing there and just staring at me and it's like well don't you look cute standing over there doing nothing did you give me a hand right so that in itself is bullying like I'm I'm pushing buttons I'm poking the bear and so yeah I definitely see myself in that for sure that's it's not like I set out today to make so-and-so feel crappy but mm -hmm. you're just standing there could you well I'm glad you're standing there look, looking pretty could you could you do something like it's so easy to just say those things without thinking yeah 
And then there's physical bullies. And these are the people, of course, that use force or threats uh, of force to bully someone. Also, there's situations like gritting your teeth. You know, have you ever been in a conversation with someone and they get so angry or wound up within themselves that they sit there and they talk to you like this and it's a threat i mean think of of dogs right and that's what they and i think that's where the instinct comes from or saying things like you'll be sorry or you know i was thinking about a situation in which somebody could potentially have a gun and in in their pocket maybe it's just their hand in in the shape of a gun that they have but really you can't see behind that jacket pocket to know is that a a real gun is it not a real gun so when we gesture in those ways like with the teeth and and these threats you're not really sure is there really a, a danger there to me Yeah, when you brought up that kind of like metaphor in a sense, I mean, it could be a gun in a real situation for sure. But you you said it so perfectly earlier with just when we were talking about this, that it's a threat. So you don't know how far someone will go. So you like you said, with the the gun motion, when it's under someone's shirt, are you going to take the chances? They're saying they're going to hurt you, but are they actually going to? Mm -hmm. Don't know. So and um there's also verbal bullies. So these are bullies that are specific to using their words to belittle someone and are often passive aggressive or as um, we've actually talked about in a previous episode, our just kidding episode that, and we talked a lot about joking and jokes and passive aggressive jokes. Um, it's oftentimes people will say jokes that aren't actually jokes there's some truth behind them so it can be so easy for these people to ruin people's reputations careers inner self-worth like their self-esteem anything so these are the bullies that are famously known for spreading rumors and gossiping behind someone's back yeah I sure have uh, been on the receiving end of that and recently just within the past couple years Um, I've heard various reports back of something that happened uh, a few years ago uh, where someone got up and publicly said something about me, uh, which I had no knowledge of that they even said. And of course, to make it worse, it was untrue, but these things get repeated back to you eventually. And I just think, no. Even years later, like, and rumors just perpetuate and turn into things and somehow we end up over here and it's something that isn't even true and we live in a small village and so things can spread fast and so meanwhile these people think these certain things of you because they heard it and what do you do with that right well it's not true and unless they ask you or confront you about it they consistently think this is true about you well, and that's the worst part is by the time I heard it, it had been said a few years previous. And I was like, wait a second, what? Right. Is that, has this been going around? Like, and then you start to wonder, is that why the person in the grocery store that, you know, we used to be friendly, walk by and, and turn the corner before they, you know, they didn't make eye contact. And then, you know, you can get in your head a little bit about that. Maybe it's just that they didn't see me that day, but then it causes you to question even people that you've never met, maybe that you've never had that uh, opportunity to meet and make friends with are already having a preconception of you or your personality. So, right. 
And Maybe. again, if they, unless they straight up ask you about it, right. how right. are they to know anything different about you? Oh, this is the only thing I know about Kathy. Right. And yeah. I don't talk to Kathy. So yeah. I guess she's a whatever. <laughs> um, also, I think buddy on the train behind your house is going a little crazy on the horn. <laughs> I was like, okay, he's only going to do it once or twice. No, he did it like five times. <laughs> so at the show, uh, we have secondary bullies. And these are the people who are often the bystanders. And they either don't say anything or they may even start to participate in the bullying. Um, so as not to jeopardize their own reputations. Maybe uh, an insult is thrown and they kind of chuckle just, you know, sort of in agreement with the bully, but not standing up for mm-hmm. the friend, what have you, the, the victim. Mm-hmm. And these people tend to be too scared to speak out or they're concerned as coming off as a tattletale or, um, yeah, I, I think in that case, it can, it can be different, uh, difficult sometimes to speak up and, and defend the victim because it might be an unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's often times too that um, people will try to buddy up with the aggressor or the bully. Um, I've noticed this before that they'll try to become friends because I don't know, maybe they're intimidated. Maybe they're scared that they're going to get picked on themselves. Uh, maybe there's privileges involved. Um But yeah, like sometimes these people, it's not even with bad intentions. It's just like, you know, it's fight or flight mode. And hey, I just want to like be on your best. uh, What am I trying to say here on my best behavior around you? Because I don't need you to make fun of me either. Yeah. So for um, some reason, it seems that we tend to only talk about bullying in childhood, as we mentioned, but after looking at many different resources it actually appears that there isn't necessarily a difference between adults or children bullying or getting bullied Mm -hmm. so although awareness is important um, often focusing in in on the problem almost makes it bigger so as we mentioned before the anti-bullying committee um I don't know that it necessarily I mean it's great to have awareness it's great to have groups and people that other like your peers know that you they can come talk to you because you're a safe space but um oftentimes like focusing in on a problem like it's not going to make the problem go away I'm trying to think of an example here so like um if you say a negative versus a positive of something how, how can I word that better mom maybe you have a better way of saying that I think you said it well when you said focusing on the problem often does make it a bigger problem and um you're kind of turning all eyes towards it and i just think the more in my personal opinion um since all of these anti-bullying campaigns have come up like you, you raised the question in the beginning has it actually done anything you know we've brought focus to it we've brought awareness to it which is good Um, But at the same time, is it actually preventing it? Is it actually, you know, there's all these policies and but you still hear crazy amounts of kids reporting this and crazy amounts of frustrated parents saying like, I thought you guys had uh, policies on this, but nothing's being done. So I don't know. 
the school we just if someone had an issue with someone else it was a, a gathering out back after school of <laughs> all sorted out and that was the end of that yeah well it, it's like again revisiting brooks gibbs it it's he made a great point about just how everybody is unique and for us to be naive and thinking that everyone being so different and so unique and all having our own interests and all our own aspirations and we all look different we're shaped different we enjoy hanging out with different people like who are we to believe that bullying can someday be non-existent like in my head that doesn't make sense with his point right so So if it's a continuing issue for since basically the beginning of time right should maybe the direction should be in conflict resolution skills and yeah. of campaigns and policies that I don't know I don't know what the answer is but it's kind of like maybe this isn't working so perhaps looking at a different alternative like to change the focus mm-hmm. of, of what they're focusing on right so that's similar to as well uh, that makes me think of I had a tattoo covered up um, and reworked, I guess. Um, And I remember when the setup of the appointment and everything was happening, I was talking to the tattoo artist and I was trying to be creative. Well, this is kind of shaped like a starfish. So if we kind of reworked it so it looks like an ocean scene and he's like, well, do you want an ocean tattoo? And I'm like, well, I do love the ocean, (laughs) but it wasn't actually something I wanted. So his point was with cover-ups, the way that where people go wrong with cover-ups and where tattoo artists go wrong is that they try to rework what is already there. But instead, if you can change the focus, so you're not looking at the negative tattoo of something you don't want people to pay attention to, stop drawing attention to that by, you know, redoing those lines and reworking it and trying to make it look weird or different, but it might still look strange because it's not exactly how you would have done it the first time. He said, let's just start afresh. And we do it on top of the old one. So we change the focus. So then when somebody's looking at, you know, there's a part on my back on the cover up. Oh, well, you're looking at this bird and they don't even know that notice that little line over there that was from the previous tattoo. So it's a good metaphor to think just like changing your focus. Don't pay attention to the negative. Reset your focus to something positive instead. I, th- I think we can't turn a blind eye to it, but yes, I think people... It's still there. Hear where we're going with this. It's still there. Yeah. But let's focus on the positive rather than revisiting the negative all the time. Right. So if you've experienced bullying and it's something that is repeatedly impacting your life, don't be ashamed to ask for help, of course. And in today's society, there's many online options for therapy that can be affordable or even free. And making an investment in yourself is never a waste of money or time. Yeah. And even speaking to a friend or family member you trust can help you gain insight and share your emotions without judgment. And no matter the time in your life, it is always beneficial to have a support system. It's a major deterrent when others are around you. So the bully will be less likely to approach you or target you. Yeah. In conclusion, people who bully are intimidated by you and your abilities. You need to remember that when you're being a target. Um, They know how threatening you are to their own success. So try to take their comments uh, 
let them roll off a little easier and almost take them as a compliment because they are actually seeing you as a threat. I know that's hard, you know, like when somebody's saying mean things directly to you, but just, just keep in perspective that they're targeting you because they see you as a threat. Yeah. They wouldn't have to knock you down if you weren't above them is kind of what you have to think of. So Mm -hmm. you should never look you, you, and the big thing is, is you never look good trying to make others feel bad. And the irony is it actually makes you look worse. So why is it even happening in the first place? And other people, other people around, I think, see what go, goes on and, and the bully might be feeling super powerful. But meanwhile, everybody's like, buddy, you're a jerk. You know? And it's tense. Everyone knows it's not right. So, Yeah. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We really appreciate you coming back every week to listen to our podcast and we will see you next Monday. Bye. If you or someone you know has a unique story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at theimperfectpodcast@outlook.com. For more information and how to connect with us on social media, you can visit us at our website, theimperfectpodcast.ca. And from whichever platform you are listening to this episode, be sure to like, share, and leave us a review. We would really appreciate your feedback. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We look forward to hearing your feedback and seeing you all find that extra joy and embrace your own imperfect. See you next week. week.